Hello there. This is the latest episode of Stationary Freaks from myself, Helen Lazowski, and... Of course, me, Rob Lambert. So today we are very lucky enough to have uh, a lady called Maria Van Ley with us. So uh, you'll know if you listen to the podcast normally that I have been muttering about the joy of this very, very beautiful notebook that I have bought. You've also heard me talk about the catastrophes of other notebooks I've, I've got, but this has been um, a joy. So I reached out to Maria and said, would she come and talk to us? And she very kindly has agreed to. So I'm going to be doing a little interview with her later. Excellent. Yes. Welcome, Maria. Thank you very much for having me here. So, Helen. Yes. Um, we'll start with you. And, and Maria's going to take part in this bit as well. You know, we it's tradition really on the Stationary Freaks podcast to have a little bit of a solo waffle about what's sort of uh, taking up our time and interest in us stationary wise. Helen, what you've been up to stationary wise over the last couple of weeks? So, you know, I had a little bit of um, a foray back with ink pens and I was refound my joy of ink pens. Let's not mention the big explosion of ink that I had in between times. But it seems to have got a bit out of hand because I am currently looking at my desk and I have six, six individual ink pens, all with a different colour ink in. And I feel that I might be doing this wrong, if I'm honest. It's a joy, but um, yeah, (laughs) it's wrong, isn't it? This is not, normal people don't live like this, right? Yeah, well, possibly, but I, I imagine there are people listening to this that have 106 ink pens with different inks in, because uh, we had uh, we had Urban on a few, well, quite a few episodes back, wasn't it, Urban Heffner, and uh, he um, is doing some wonderful stuff with like ink pens and cataloging the different inks and what have you. So, do you feel like do you feel like six? You want to sort of get more, or you still got the itch to buy more, even though you think you're overwhelmed with six? No, no, no. I feel that six is too many to have in play. And what I need to do is uh, pick a pen and stick with it, or at least just narrow it. I don't need six ink pens full of ink. It's just wrong. It it feels overwhelming and unnecessarily cluttered. Not really, because I also love ink as well. And, And at the moment, I've got two glass pens and I'm actually in searching for ink bottles as well so um, especially if you love books as well as stationery uh, to have six different inks pens is not a lot I know that there will be people who have much more than six ink pens or six ink bottles so that's definitely um, normal so yes, I probably would do the same or probably would stock more in the future when I have the chance as well. So yes. I feel supported, Rob. How, what can I say? Thank you, Maria. I feel like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know what I was thinking in, in the background there is like having known you for so long, Helen, I see that statement by Maria there is a slight challenge for you now. <laughs> <laughs> this this will be Helen going out and buying, you know, uh, another 20 ink pens with different colours and what have you. I do have to confess that I have another ink pen that's in for repair, so I could be up to seven by the end of the week. So, Maria, what, what's been keeping you busy over the last couple of weeks stationery-wise? Any sort of purchases or interests that you've uh, discovered recently? Recently, I've actually been going back into my painting because uh, I've always loved, like, watercolour painting and for that I've come up with an idea for my um, books journals for Etsy. Um, I haven't done anything um, 
on the books yet, but it's a plan uh, that hopefully will take place in the next few weeks or so. Are those particular books for the artwork? Yes, yes. So um, I'm looking forward to actually take action on that because I've always um, thought that if I incorporate my artwork into making the books as covers, that would be more unique and special rather than having to use the um, Japanese papers for it. But uh, we'll have to see how it goes. I love the Japanese aesthetic on it I have to be honest Rob just tell us what you've been keeping you interested stationary wise my kids going through his GCSEs so it's it's study time it's study period etc and one of the things that I've opted for and this is madness really in retrospect and I wish I'd probably not said it but I have so I'm going to commit to it I'm a man of my words so to speak I suggested that to support him with his geography GCSE that I too would sit a geography GCSE in one year So I am on the mission really for the next year of sitting a GCSE in geography. I don't have one already. I I did history when I was at school many, 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 many years ago. And um, so, yes, now I've got a a year of studying quite hard for my GCSE in geography. And to round this back to stationery, as such, essentially I had to buy a new notebook for my geography (gasps) study notes, of course. You did! Has it got pictures of countries on? No, you know what? I I spent so long. It's it's so difficult when you don't have a really decent stationery shop near you to find the right book for the right material and everything. You know, it's just got to be right, hasn't it? And so I just really opted for a really cheap A4 um, hardback notebook from Amazon of all places. And it arrived and it's a pucker one. You know, they're pretty much they're a budget brand. Let's call it what it is. And it's lovely. It's got a really nice texture to the paper. I wasn't expecting it to be amazing. And the reason I didn't spend a huge amount of money on this is because when I'm sort of studying, I know I'm going to get to a point where I'm going to ditch the notepad and it's going to move into a digital mind map at some point. So I didn't want to spend a huge amount of money and only half fill a notebook with geography notes. So that was it, really. And, of course, I bought some new pens to go with it, some, uh, you know, whatever the Pentel ink gel is it i think it's called um so yeah budget buys for me and a year of uh, learning about geography <laughs> nice if you like geography it's very nice well you know what i i don't know whether i do or not at the moment i think so it looks really interesting actually but it was more to prove i think to my kid that a i'm there to support him and yeah. b i may end up getting a better gcse result than he does in it i don't think so and i hope not <laughs> And see, you're never too old to uh, keep adding qualifications, I guess, and learning into your life. So um, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be the right thing to do. But I've I've sort of looked at the coursework and thought this is quite a lot to do in a year. He's been doing it for three years. I've got a year to do it part time whilst working. So anyway, enough solo waffle. Um, Helen, shall we crack on over to you? Yes, please, because I really, really uh, this is my whole raison d'etre today. I really want to talk to Maria. Because I discovered your notebook, as is not always the case, when I ordered it, it arrived and it was as joyful as I had anticipated. And sometimes <laughs> it's a bit of a letdown when you get one, but your notebooks are lovely. And I really want just to let uh, the, the listeners really understand. So Maria makes 
notebooks with the most beautiful quality paper that she hand stitches together and she covers the books um, in this Japanese print uh, papers and linen and they're beautifully stitched together so the stitching is part of the joy and it is just just lovely you know I'm an avid bullet journaler so I have the little tiny dotted squares uh, paper inside mine and really when I saw this book arrive I thought I have to I have to talk to Maria and find out how on earth did you ever get to a place where you are making these beautiful notebooks what what got you started um well for me I've always loved books and journals and especially when I was at school I would say starting from secondary school I've always loved doing art as well as collecting different special books and I think from there I start to love books and especially whenever I have some free time I always go to Paper Chase um, I believe <laughs> They used to have the flagship store at Google Station, I think. Is it? Um, no, um, can't remember. But yeah, it's been such a while. Unfortunately, that store has been closed out now. Um, uh-huh. Yes, and whenever I have the chance to travel, I always go into shops that sells books and journals, and I go in there. I thought, oh my gosh, there's so many books. I want to buy all of them. Um, but unfortunately I can't and from there I just thought maybe one day I could probably make my own books but um, yeah so I think that's where I started from. So did you go on a I mean you you don't just pick this skill up on YouTube I mean I'm guessing you went on a course or some learning to get the skills to, to learn how to do this. Yes, um, I did a short course on that and then um, and then I thought let's just browse on on youtube because they there are quite a lot of um different artists and binders out there who have their own youtube channels as well and uh, from actually just doing the course i thought let's watch how other people do it as well and then from there i watched their videos and then i thought i tried to incorporate my own style and from what i've learned into my books so it's a bit of inspiration as well from that. You can see um, that you, I mean, they're just, they're just lovely. So you can see the, the joy that you get out of doing it. And you've evidently had a, a lot of practice because it's so even and so, they're, they're so exact. I can't imagine that they're not machine made and yet they are all handmade, aren't they? Yes, yes, they are. So it's uh, because I'm more perfectionist in a way, so I pay a lot of attention to detail and and whenever I do anything with my artwork or or anything handmade I like to make sure that it's done perfectly to my standard um as and especially if I was going to sell it to customers I want it to look perfect so when they do receive the books they're like wow it's actually really well made so for me, it makes me yeah. so happy that they're happy and they're actually getting the money's worth as well, rather than just a book. They're like, hmm, I could have bought it from a store instead. I've never seen anything like this in a store, I have to be honest. Um, I don't think you probably could. Um, 
buy something like this from a store. I mean, maybe you can, but I've never, ever seen a store like that. And, you know, Rob and I are very big fans of Paper Chase. Uh, so we, we, <laughs> we, we, you know, when you say, you, Rob and I used to joke, we couldn't literally walk past a Paper Chase if there was one. So, yeah. Uh, this is it's lovely to see this is a massively different offering though isn't it this is really high-end beautiful um handmade and the quality so one of the things that is usually a, a letdown is you get beautiful books on the outside yeah. but the paper quality is just not great I mean oh, yeah. here paper quality is so beautiful for ink pen so I know that you like ink pens yes <laughs> What made you choose on the outside? So I know that you use Japanese linen and I know that you use the Japanese um, paper that is like the, the silk prints effectively yes, that, yes. that you can get. What what made you go with that aesthetic? Um, because I know you're based in the UK, aren't you? Yes, yes. <laughs> it is actually in terms of having to, um, having to literally search for the UK suppliers in the UK that sells the Japanese origami papers are quite challenging. So I literally, I thought, okay, so if I'm going to base my books on the Japanese or Asian themes, it's mainly Japanese because it's, it's so well known in terms of their art and their painting and I thought I do that um and as to actually have to find suppliers I did find one which is in the UK in central London you actually have a store as well as a website they specialize in book binding as well so I'm so glad they actually stopped the papers there so the store that I actually purchase a lot of my stationery from it's called I believe you might have heard them as well. It's Shepherd's Bindery in central London. Ah, okay. No, I haven't heard of them. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, they're obviously providing you with some, some beautiful stuff, which is, is great. Yes. I I tend to get overboard every time I go in there. I just thought, okay, I'm just going to get a couple. And then I end up getting a bit more than I expected. So I thought, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> I absolutely feel you. I cannot. It's just that limiting yourself when you're buying stationery, it's like limiting the joy, isn't it? Why would you? <laughs> I mean, apart from the bank manager having a, a stern word with me, it's, I, yeah. I, and, and if you're going somewhere special as well, it's like, I know I'm not going to be back here for a while. So I want yes. to buy the stuff that I love yes. whilst I'm here. Yeah. yeah. So. So given that you are UK based and you're buying your materials in the UK, do you ship internationally on Etsy or is it just in the UK that you ship? I actually ship internationally. So basically everywhere, actually, because at first, when I first started um, on Etsy, I just thought I'll just do the UK. But then after a while, I just thought, hmm, maybe I should try internationally. Um, and from there, I think that's where I kind of picked up, even though I know that I do have a lot of competitors on Etsy in terms of book, handmade bookbinding books. Um, yeah. I thought, might as well give it a try. There's no harm. And um, so I think 
since then, I had customers from the US as well as from Europe and as well as from UK. So I'm happy. And a lot of the times I do get good feedbacks that they're happy with the books as well. Uh, we have quite a few American listeners, actually. So um, it's really good to know that you do ship to, to the States. That's, so that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, America, um, the US and Canada, actually. So, yeah. I think that's still true, isn't it, Rob? It is. It is. Sorry, I was a little sidetracked just looking at that binding shop that you've just mentioned. <laughs> <clears throat> so I, I, I tend to work uh, quite often, actually, in central London, and I've just found out where it is, and it's really not that far from where I uh, generally work in one of the head offices. Ah. So uh, thank you. That's a, a lunchtime sorted and a credit card full. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Looking forward to it. We'll we'll include the link in the in the show notes. It's Shepherds of London, isn't it? I think you yes, mentioned. Yes, so that's correct, yes. Yeah, their uh, web address is bookbinding.co.uk if you're interested, but we'll include links in the show notes. So I'm super fascinated. I, I love this sort of stuff. Given that it's it probably quicker and easier to, you know, I guess automate with machines this process. Um, you, you've mentioned, Maria, that you do this for obviously customers. You're a perfectionist. You want everything to be perfect. But is there is there an element of this that you do it for yourself? Do you you know do you do this as almost like a form of meditation or creative outlet? You know, what's what's the element that really drives you? Because I get, I suppose, I get the impression that you would do this whether or not you had customers buying the products or not. Is that a fair statement? Yes. Yes, that's correct. So um, I actually not only made it for customers, but I also made it for myself as well as for my friends and for my daughter as well. So my daughter, she's in year six. So technically she doesn't really need like any sketchbooks or notebooks. But as soon as she saw my book, she was thinking, oh, I like this pattern. It's pink and everything. So I thought, okay, I'll make her one. And the next thing you know is her friend from school also likes it as well so I thought I'd make her one as well um so I end up making a couple but apart from that I also make my own sketchbooks as well because I love to draw as well as paint and from there I get to choose to have my color of the cover as well as the print because there are times where I go into to art stores and they don't always sell the type of sketchbooks that I want or the size and everything or how many pages so from there I thought I'm gonna make my own at least that way I can make whatever size I want whatever paper I want so it's it's also kind of like a personalized for me as well for everyone else I love it this that sort of I guess that ability to be able to build your own notebook would be um you know a great skill for myself and Helen to have because we uh, stock our shelves with other people's <laughs> notebooks. And I could just imagine I'd just be full time trying to create my own notebooks constantly. So uh, I think you get kind of like addicted to it as well. After a while, you're like, oh my gosh, you're like, there's too many books. Like, How many can I use? But we, we definitely have that problem. But yeah, <laughs> imagine shelf full of your beautiful notebooks would be incredible. <laughs> um, can I ask a, a sort of almost like a, a technical question, really? Yeah. Um, it sounds like you put a huge amount of thought into the aesthetics, to the design, to the material, to the look and feel for the, you know, the, the power of this thing, which is really, I guess, why we created this podcast in the first place. But how long does it 
take you roughly to build one of these notebooks from I guess the idea to sourcing the paper and you know working out the design and the structure and the size to it mm. being finished how long does that take you um I would say uh it varies because in terms of the books that I make if it's just in terms of the covers with just the Japanese papers only then it doesn't take that long but if it involves the silk uh, or the linen then it's a little bit trickier because I have to make the measurements make sure that it's even at the back and the front I would say it's about within if I was to make the normal paper cover book only it would take about a day a day or two because I have to think of in terms of having to glue the paper down and having to let it set completely dry because I don't like the idea of having the paper and the glue still a little bit wet and then put the book together if Mm. I do that then the actual paper block will kind of interfere and it will ruin the actual paper block because the glue is still quite damp it's not completely dry Um, so I have to think of that Um, and when it comes to having to put the book together Together with the thread it's I have to kind of estimate how long the thread is and what color theme and but I would say within like two to three days if I had to do a couple of books but yeah it's a lot of um, planning and thinking and when I'm having to choose the fabric the color of the fabric along with the print it's just having to kind of like either you contrast it or having to blend it together. And again, it's really down to personal preference on the customers as well because I give them that option to choose if they that they can choose their own color theme. Um, and I also have the pre-made ones that they can choose if they like those. So it's a bit of Love it. both win-win, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, just the crafts, the, the the craftspersonship that goes into this is incredible. As it goes through my head, Helen, I don't know what's going through your head, but I was thinking this would make a wonderful video to see uh, Maria making oh, yeah, one yeah. of these books. Um, <laughs> that I haven't come up with yet. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, you know, we're a podcast channel here, but actually a lot of the stuff uh, when we talk to people is really stuff we'd love to see as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's one for the future, Helen. It's true. Maria. Yes, I, um, I will definitely do that one day and I will let you know if um, as soon as I do that. Well, that would be great if you did. But yes, no pressure. Um, just keep making the books at the moment. We're really happy with the books. So one question I wanted to ask was, uh, Rob and I both collect books and you've just said the same thing, which is you're now making books and, and collecting so many of them. What is it you use your own notebooks for? It's quite addictive, I would say, is that I made a couple for myself, which I thought I'd make one, uh, which is for Etsy alone, so that I can jot down my notes and ideas and everything. So that's just just for Etsy. And another one is just for sketching. And another one for oh, yeah. painting. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh dear, a bit too many. But then again, and 
I like another one which is for for ink or watercolor swatching books especially oh, if yeah. you're going to collect inks for myself or as yourself as well it's always good to have a separate book that is for ink swatches so I know that I could have just done that in any book but I thought it's good to have just a book that's for ink swatches because I actually have a book that I made which has all the swatches of my Japanese Toyogami paper that I use for my journals <laughs> for Etsy. Oh, wow. so I just thought um, because I have so many d- different patterns and prints it's going to be a nightmare if I just have a big pile of papers piling on top of each other so having to go through it every time I have an order it'll be just crazy so I thought I have a swatch book for the Japanese papers and then each of the papers on it has a number pattern because on my Etsy shop I also have a number pattern for each print so whenever I get an order, I just have to flip through my book and just to use the number reference of the print and get that yeah. paper out. It's easier to do that rather than having to just, just go through a whole pile of papers like, where are you? <laughs> Can't find you anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. I can tell Helen's like, yes, sounds organized. That does sound really good. <laughs> and, and- Trust me, Maria, that you, you can't possibly ever have enough notebooks. As you were saying that you've got too many for your painting and, you know, your art and, yes. and what have you. I was just looking around literally at my desk at the moment and I have seven notebooks <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for varying different degrees of difference. Well, you know, not really. I, I just sort of mashing them together. But um, I think it's I think it's great. And I suppose because you've got these sort of almost, <clears throat> excuse me, distinct uses for them. Yeah. You can design them to be different for that. Does, do you do that? As in the paper's a little bit thicker for the one that you're using for watercolor versus a sketch pad or, or are yeah. your papers yeah. broadly the same? No, um, for the journals that I use for my books, for in terms of if it's just a journal uh, for writing, then it's usually like the paperweight itself it's between 120 to 125 gsm but if it's for more sketchings i tend to ideally um, recommend customers to use like 160 gsm to 200 because especially if they're going to be using a bit of ink or um or watercolors then i would go for above 250 to 300 I do have a, a wide collection of papers, but I don't pre-made those. Not many people would get that unless they actually pre-order it with me first, and then I and then I will make them those books. But in general, I do get more journals. It's very important for me, especially. Um, I want to make sure that the customers knows that the paper within the books are for only only for writing or drawing or just for painting or watercolor or pastels because what I don't want at the end of the day is some customers saying this paper does not take ink very well and I'm yeah. just like, uh, <laughs> I'm like oh, yeah. 
So that's what I hate the most. <laughs> I don't like that at all. I get that entirely. I mean, obviously, you want it to be fit to purpose and, and to be used in the correct way. And obviously, you know, if it bleeds through, that's because it's yeah. the wrong uh, sort of paper GSM. Because it just reminded me, I bought a, a, a watercolor sketchbook um, from a famous online stationery. And I used watercolors on it for the first time the other day, and it bled all the way through about eight pages. <laughs> so I was, I was kind of like, I didn't check the GSM, and and actually in the end it turned out it was one twenty or one twenty five, I think. It oh was. no! And I was like, well, that's not suitable for watercolor, but the book itself is called a watercolor sketchpad. So I absolutely get that. You and that attention to detail is is you know feels like it runs through everything that you're doing, Maria, which is just you know wonderful. It's great to hear that. One of the last questions I want to ask was, so when I got my little notebook, um, you put in these beautiful little handwritten notes. Your handwriting is just as lovely as you'd imagine with ink pens. And you you do them on that really, really fine, thin note paper. Is that, I mean, and that's all Japanese printed as well. Is that coming from the same place as your binding materials? No, actually. Um, funny thing is that because I use, because I love collecting papers as well as books and journals, and I go through anything that I don't use, so I end up having like these kind of notepads. It's like a gum pad, if that makes sense, which is kind of glued on the top. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to use these papers. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use those papers and to use those papers, just like a note card or just to send a note. Because if I'm not going to use it at all, then I'm going to make something useful out of it. So from there, it's where it started. I do have quite a few of the, I believe it's the washi paper, some of which I have like, different patterns and prints on them and I just use them as kind of like a note card to send out to each order. It really looks pretty with your handwriting being so tidy as well. It really <laughs> I try to make it small otherwise it won't fit. <laughs> We've got like one little bit that we like to ask of our guests and this is our desert island stationery. So for those that aren't familiar we actually did a podcast where myself and Helen um you know, basically to Desert Island Station, what five items would we take with us? It was extremely popular, actually, one of our biggest downloads, and it's something that we now ask each of our guests. So, uh, Maria, let's assume that you're stuck on a desert island and you're only allowed five items of stationery. Now, you can decide what kind of desert island it is. Myself and Helen <laughs> assumed it was a shipwreck we found there, but uh, Urban spun it around and turned it into a wonderful desert island with all sorts of amenities, which <laughs> we hadn't really <laughs> contemplated. But over to you, Maria. What are the five items that you would take with you to a desert island? I would bring a glass dip pen. I will bring a book. Obviously, one of yours, presumably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll bring my dried powder pigments. That's travelling light, isn't it? Because you can then water those down with salt yes. water, maybe. From sea water. Yeah. And having the glass so did... pen, I can just use that as well on top of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see you went for the clever options. Yes. <laughs> Rob, Rob did this too. I, I was much too literal. 
pencil. Good, <laughs> yeah, me too. And the other one, I have no idea. I think I only got four. I'd recommend you take a pencil sharpener as well because I got caught out like that. Rob was very, very scathing about that at the time. <laughs> well, I figured that at some point your pencil's going to run out and you're not going to be able to sharpen it, are you? And then because I had a pencil sharpener, we were thinking very Machiavellian terms, really, weren't we? Very sort of um, selfishly that I could almost sort of like hold you uh, captive and hostage by the fact that you weren't able to sharpen your pencil and I yeah. had a pencil sharpener. But then I just thought if we're going to be stuck on a desert island, they would have like rocks or stones. So if we sharpen them, we can use that as a sharpener if it's like a pointy oh, part. Okay. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> I just thought... Good idea. <laughs> Broken shells are quite quite sharp, aren't they? So maybe, yeah, maybe... You can keep your pencil sharpener, Rob. I've got a new plan now. Thank you, Maria. I think me and you, because we, we sort of came up with the idea, I think we took it quite literally, didn't we? And we, we did. really didn't think things through properly, did we? Maybe we need to revisit that in, in a few <laughs> months' <Maybe>. time. <laughs> All right, cool. So, Maria, just on, just on that uh, number four, you said you take a pencil. Are there any particular type of pencil that you like? 2B pencil, because I think it's the standard, because... The HB would be a bit too hard and the soft, um, the 2B, it's in between. Not too hard, not too soft. And do you have any favourite brands that you um, that you recommend? No. I always think in terms of art pencils, it's, it's, all, it's always down to the actual lead itself, but it depending on the person on how they use the pencils and how hard they press as well. So it's really down to the artist itself, how they use the pencils, because you can use a variety of different tones and um, and effect on how to use the pencils, whether it's HB, 2B, 6B, 4B. Yeah, that's how I mm. see it anyway. Lovely. I mean, I follow um, a lady on Instagram called Lucy Ray Art, and she, um, majority of her pictures are drawn with pencils and shaded in and coloured, and they are absolutely staggering. They're so good. Unbelievable. Uh, Instagram, I think it's Lucy Ray underscore art, I think is the correct Instagram. She does a lot of videos of how she builds these pictures up, and it's just monumentally impressive love it you know it's a it's not a quick process but it just looks so good and then different pencils different shade different angles of holding it and stuff it's wonderful really really interesting stuff i'm not very artistic sadly i i'm all, all about the stickers and the color but i'm not very good with the art i i was trying to think of a joke there helen but i just my, no my, you're just gonna my, hit out at my bullet journaling again aren't you because no, it's what, target to, i just to be fair, I was actually going to say, surely art encompasses the use of stickers and your colouring yeah, that you do in your bullet journal. I was actually going to say something very positive. Oh, yeah. And I, <laughs> I headed you off with your usual. Maria, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for your five uh, stationary items. Thank you. It's nice uh, to hear ink pens going in there. And, and uh, yeah, definitely think the whole pigment idea is a good mm. plan. That's a good one, definitely. And Maria, before we go, where can yeah. people find you? So where can people uh, get your lovely notebooks from and find you as a person? Online, um, of course. Online. Um, at the moment, I'm only on Etsy. So it would be under Lee Van Books on Etsy. 
do you have uh, the nice social media at the moment? Is is Etsy's your your main hub? Is it? Yes, it is. Yes, at the moment it is. Yes. All right, cool. Well, we'll be sure to include links to everything in the show notes. And Helen, maybe we can share some pictures on our Instagram, uh, which is at Stationary Freaks UK, of some of the pictures of the book that you've got. Yes, I'm absolutely happy to do that. It's uh, our usual listeners will know uh, Instagram's not my exactly comfortable place, but I need to get better. So practice is what we do. Yes, so I will do that. <laughs> Absolutely, and we'll share the love because, uh, yeah, it's been wonderful, yeah. wonderful chatting to you today, uh, Maria. It's really great. I love the sort of uh, the, the productivity and craft personship and the selection of the right stuff to make the right product is fascinating. That's kind of why we do this show, isn't it, Helen? It is, it is. Because stationery is a joy, but it's uh, one of those rare things that can be cross, sort of craftsmanlike in its own right, but then allow somebody else to take their craft and, and do it for that, whether they're an artist or a writer or just somebody super organized keeping a bullet journal, Rob. You won't find me keeping a bullet journal. Thanks again, Maria. Everything will be in the show notes. With that, you can find us Stationary Freaks UK. Stationaryfreaks.com is the URL for the website. You'll be able to find the newsletter and all the podcasts on there. Thank you very much to Maria again. And that's it. I think we're done. We'll see you in the next episode. That's goodbye from me, Rob. Bye from me, Helen. And bye from me, Maria.